podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Better sleep means a better you. That's why Mattress Firm stands behind the rest assured promise. Featuring the best mattresses from America's top-rated brands like the Temper Breeze Collection. And save up to $500 on premium adjustable mattress sets. Plus, get a $300 instant gift with your purchase good towards sleep accessories. Shop Tempur-Pedic, Stearns & Foster, and more with our sleep experts today to get your best sleep only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. Visit mattressfirm.com for complete details. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Welcome to the Cop Table Podcast, where tonight we are previewing the Manchester City versus Liverpool game this coming Thursday at the Etihad Stadium. Joining me on the red side of things tonight, we have Jay Riley with us once again. You can say, listen to Jay on the Radio City Fan Friday talk show on, on a regular basis and uh, is uh, a regular with us on the Cop Table now. So thanks for coming on, Jay. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. You know, looking forward to the game on Thursday, which could uh, very well be a title decider. Yeah, absolutely massive game to uh, to look forward to and what we're going to talk about tonight. Also with me tonight is Joe Doherty. Joe is the uh, regular Manchester City uh, representative. Uh, when he comes on the cop table for us, he's a student journalist, contributor to the City podcast, and uh, a key Manchester City fan. So Joe's going to He'll be joining us shortly. We're going to add him into the show. So uh, when you come on, Joe, very welcome on once again, pal. So, Jay, we're going to look firstly back to the the game against Arsenal, our 5-1 victory. We went down early on, um, but after that, it was, I wouldn't say it was pretty much plain sailing, but we had the um, majority of the game, didn't we? And we looked very good at times. But what was your thoughts on the, the performance, please, Jay? Yeah, well, you know, obviously Arsenal did to take the lead, didn't he, against us and... You know, obviously that's the first time it's happened in the whole of 2018, which is quite remarkable really, isn't it? And, you know, the lead lasted, what, three minutes and Liverpool went down the other end and basically forced Arsenal into into a couple of errors, didn't they? And Liverpool equalised to Firmino with one of his trademark no-luck finishes. And then, you know, soon after that, he scored a fantastic goal, didn't he? Where little Maisie run, he sat three of them down on the floor. Mustafi, um Socrates and I think it was Torreira wasn't it coming across as well all three of them on the deck and he just amazing run in, in, in between a lot of them and just slotted it in the corner and Liverpool didn't look back then did they I mean I thought you know at times Arsenal had some good possession in the game certainly in the first half but you know like I say Liverpool's superiority took over and you know, the third goal, again, you know, terrible defensively by Arsenal. Long ball, diagonal ball by Robertson, who, who's been fantastic all season, hasn't he? Mo Salah, great ball across and there. was Mane to, to, to tap it home, really, and 3-1. And it was cruise control. And then right on the stroke of half-time, 
Mo Salah again, you know, brought down in a box. Some might say a little bit of a cheap penalty, but the facts are, if you're hacking at a player, you don't get the ball. It's minimal contact, whatever it is. You know, he's entitled to go down because he's being impeded, and that's exactly what happened. And you could tell that the Greek centre half wasn't too impressed with it. But the fact of the matter is, it's a foul in the box, and up steps Salah, and you know, four-one game over. And second half was just really cruise control, wasn't it? You know, Liverpool did take. The foot off the pedal really took the foot off the gas and there was no real need to exert themselves because, you know, the game was already won, wasn't it? And, you know, we got another penalty, didn't we, midway through the second half and a foul on Lovren once again, you know, quite cheap. But, you know, if you put your hands on the opponent in the box and he goes over, it's, you know, you're running the risk of a penalty and that's exactly what happened. And, you know, I thought it was quite refreshing really that Mo Salah, we all know last season he was made up, wasn't he, getting top goal scorer award and, you know, he's vying for them positions this season with Aubameyang at Arsenal and obviously Harry Kane as well at Spurs and they both scored, didn't he, um, today. In fact, you know, to, to go a goal ahead of him and, you know, he could have been selfish really because he scored the pen in the first half, but he decided to give it f- to Firmino to, to get his hat trick and, you know, that's what he, he, what he'd done. He stepped up and it was a fantastic, coolly slotted penalty in the corner and, you know, 5-1, totally game over and, like I say, it, it was great, wasn't it, really, that Liverpool could wrap the game up early and take, make a few substitutions with this game in mind on Thursday because, you know, it's an absolutely massive game of football now. And, you know, if Liverpool can get the three points on Thursday, then that'd be a 10 point buffer with Man City. And, you know, who would have thought that going into this festive period? Because Manchester City this season have been fantastic at times and all of a sudden they've just hit a bit of a dodgy spell. That defeat against Chelsea away has been the catalyst, hasn't it, really, for them to perform to dip, really, and then to lose back-to-back games to Palace and Leicester, you know, who could have envisaged that happening? I mean, I certainly couldn't have done, and I don't think any City fans would have done either, to be honest with you, and, but that's the situation we're in now, and Liverpool have had a fantastic December, we've just gone from strength to strength, kept on winning games, the performance levels have improved as well, we've shattered the goal difference, I mean, I think at one stage City were, was it 14 goals or 16 goals ahead of us? And now all of a sudden Liverpool are two ahead of them. So it's been a remarkable turnaround really. And, you know, I I don't even think Liverpool got out of second, maybe third gear against, against Arsenal to tell you the truth. It was quite a comfortable victory. And as I say, second half, cruise control really wasn't it? The game was already won. And, you know, we can, we can focus now on the game on Thursday. Yeah. And one interesting thing going into the, to the game at the Etihad JSDs, <clears throat> so-called mind games, if you like, that, that's being played out in the media. I think the media are playing a lot more than, than, um, what the two managers are. And, um, Guardiola's come out after the game and said, Liverpool are the best team in the world and the best team in Europe, trying to put all the pressure on us. And then clubs turned around and said, we're not <clears throat> expecting to win there. But we're going to try things like that. Um, pains me to say it, but Alex Ferguson was a, was the best at the mind games, wasn't he? Back in the day, he, he, he used to have managers on toast. Really, you see him with, with Keegan and, and Benitez at times. Um, how important do you think the, these mind games are go, going into such a, a big fixture like this? Well, I don't think either of them are comfortable with the man games, are they? I mean, no. take it with a pinch of salt, what Guardiola said about Liverpool being the best team in in the world and in Europe and what have you, because, you know, we might well be the best team in the Premier League on current form, but in terms mm. of Europe and the world, that's a little bit extreme, isn't it? Um, 
with Klopp counter-arguing that, saying, you know, we're not expected to go to Man City and win, and, you know, it's very difficult for any team to do that. I, I don't think either of them are comfortable with doing that type of scenario of mind games. It just doesn't come easy to either of them. Um, but the mm. fact of the matter that it, it's, it's a massive game for both teams, but it's far more important, really, for Man City, because if Man City lose the game, then it's 10 points behind, and you know, that's a massive gap at the top of the table. If, you know, if it's a draw, even that's a, that's a fantastic result for Liverpool pure and simply because it's like a three game swing. We maintain the seven point advantage on them and we'd be seven points clear of Spurs as well. So it's a three game swing for both teams who are chasing us for this Premier League title. However, if Manchester City do win, then it does change it a lot because it's down to the two, a two game swing then because it's only four points. But, you know, to, to me, like let's be honest, even if Liverpool do lose the game, which hopefully that won't be the case, you know, four points is still a massive gap. So in a strange kind of way, it's a free if for Liverpool. All the pressure is on Manchester City because they need to win the game. There's no two ways about it. A draw for them is not acceptable. They've got to come out and win the game. Now, I don't expect them to be gung-ho. If you look back to the Champions League game when we played them um the second leg in the quarterfinals last season, I mean, Liverpool beat them 3-0 at Anfield and they had to go for it, had to go for broke. And, and it is a similar scenario now, but I don't think, I mean, they needed, they didn't just have to win that game. They had to win by a certain particular scoreline, didn't they? So, you know, as soon as Liverpool got the away goal, it was game over because they needed five. It's a different set of circumstances in a way now because, you know, any win will do them against us on Thursday night, but the pressure's still on them because they've got to win the game. There's no two ways about it. A draw is simply not good enough for them. I mean, seven points is massive, isn't it? So, you know, I do think they're going to put a little bit of pressure on us, but Liverpool are far better equipped now, you would imagine, than we were last season anyway. I mean, I take on board, we did have Virgil van Dijk last season in the Champions League game there, but this time around we've got a far better goalkeeper, haven't we, because we've got Alisson Becker between the sticks. So, you know, this Liverpool team hasn't conceded two in a, in a, in a Premier League game all season. It was quite a remarkable start. We've conceded eight goals in, in 20 matches it's incredible, really, the, the transformation in the defence, in the back line. We just do not concede goals. So, you know, it's a big ask for City to put a couple of pastors, isn't it, on, on Thursday night? Because you would imagine Liverpool will score in the game. So they're going to have to score at least two to beat us, you would imagine. So, you know, I, I just think all the pressures on City. And from our point of view, just go out and play a natural game and... You know, Liverpool Liverpool won't be defensive because it's not in our nature to be defensive. But Liverpool are fantastic in terms of a counter-attacking team. So, I mean, obviously Manchester City will see a lot of the ball because that's the way they play under Guardiola. They do keep the ball really well. They've got some fantastic footballers. You know, David Silva, Kevin De Bruyne, whether or not he plays or not, I don't know. Bernardo Silva, he can stretch the play with Leroy Sané on one side. They've also got Riyad Mahrez, they've got Raheem Sterling. They've got fantastic players, we know know that, but the facts are they're not great at the back and he can be got at, there's no two ways about it, the glue that sticks them together is Fernandinho though, and him returning to the side in Southampton, you know, a little bit of a blow for us, but you know, the facts of the matter are, so what, we'll go to the Etihad, let, let's let's see what happens, go toe-to-toe with them, all the pressure's on them, they've got to win the game, remember, so any little elements, any little chinks of doubt that they've got there, or you know, if they, if they get a little bit nervous or they overcommit in the game, Liverpool will be there to try and hit them on the counter-attack. And we all know what tends to happen in them type of scenarios. When you've got Stadio Mane's pace, you've got Salah's trickery, you've got Firmino who works so hard for the team. You know, listen, 
let's see what happens. But you know, all the pressure's on City for this game. Not make no no mistake about that. Excellent stuff. Thanks, Jay. Right, Joe. Um, gonna head over to you. Thanks for uh, for joining us now. Um, hope you well. How are you anyway? Before we start, Joe. Very nervous. Very nervous at <laughs> the first day. You're always nervous for these games, Joe. You always <laughs> beat us. <laughs> Right, we're going to start off, Joe, by looking at your your previous fixture against the uh, Southampton, a three-one um, victory, and also the the two previous games to that when when City uh, slipped up a little bit and and lost them two games. So, um, talk us a little bit about the two games that uh, where you went down and what was the the difference in in the the victory down at Southampton. Well, I think what happened in those two games was obviously we've been a bit unlucky with injuries all season. But in obviously in those two games, as you as you said, we were without Fernandinho, so he's the one player on the side that we don't have a suitable replacement for. You know, De Bruyne's out, we've got Bernardo Silva. Aguero's out, we've got Gabriel Jesus. Um, Fernandinho, we don't have a suitable replacement for. So we really missed him. But also in those games, we started both games well, people forget. We took the lead in both games. But as the team, I think our heads just... The thing is, is... People say last season we wouldn't have made that mistake, but last season we never had to come back. Like our heads would drop in the few games we did lose if we went a goal behind. And this, and last season that, and most of this season it hasn't really been a problem because we don't tend to go a goal behind. We usually score, start quickly, get it all sorted because we're the top scoring team in the first 15 minutes of a game by quite some distance. And, we tend to just batter teams out of sight early on, but in that in those two games we didn't do that. And as soon as we conceded, it, the heads seemed to drop. In terms of Southampton, we did a much better job because they did equalise. But the thing is, as well, we got that bit of luck. We took the lead again against the run of play with a pretty fluky goal. But after that, we were pretty much in control the whole time. Yeah, and just before you um, before you joined us, uh, Joe. Me- Myself and Jay, we spoke a little bit about these mind games that's being played out uh, in the press with Guardiola saying that Liverpool's the best team in Europe, the best team in the world, playing playing the best football and Klopp counteracting that by saying that we're not going to, um, there's not many teams that go to Manchester City thinking that they're going to win the game, but we're going to give it our best shot. Um, what do you make of these, these mind games and, and how important are they going into such a, a massive fixture in the Premier League like this? Well, they're a bit of a case of same old, same old. It's the sort of things we've been seeing for, for quite a number of years now. In terms of a game like this, um, it does play its part. I'm, I'm sure you have as well. We, we, I've certainly seen it in the past where a manager has fallen susceptible to the miles. So you look at Kevin Keegan at Newcastle, it really got to him. Um, I think that the main thing is, is the best thing Klopp can do in terms of mind games at the moment is put pressure on City because... We're chasing the game, whereas, like as Freeman said, Liverpool can draw the game tomorrow or Thursday rather, and uh, and still be comfortably on top of the league. And even if and even if we beat you, you still got a reasonable bit of breathing space at the top. So um, that's the thing Klopp will be wanting to do is just put more and more pressure on City so that um, so that Liverpool can come out with like a really positive result. Excellent stuff, thanks, Joe. Okay, then, um, Jay, we're going to look a little bit. Um, I know we spoke about it then, but we're going to look, look, have a little bit of a look at the um, predicted lineup for Liverpool. Obviously, with Milner now coming back into the squad, he's been pictured in the uh, the squad training sessions tonight. 
Um, I think the, the back four pretty much picks itself, doesn't it? But then it's the midfield area where, where Klopp's pretty much chopped and changed throughout the season or or rotated, if you like, to, to freshen things up from, from game to game. It's very, very rare he's played the same same three or the same four or two, whatever he goes with. So, first of all, I'll just see him playing this one formation-wise and, and who do you think he'll pick um, personnel-wise? Well, I think he'll revert to the 4-3-3 because he tends to do that in the bigger games, doesn't he, against the better sides and... You know, he has fluctuated this season from the 4-2-3-1 and the 4-3-3, but I do think he'll go with the 4-3-3 in this game. And, and as ever, you know, the back four, it will virtually pick itself because in the past when Gomez has been fit or Matip's been fit at the moment, they're both injured. So the centre-half pairing won't change because we've got no other choices really other than young kids to put in there. So it will have to be Van Dijk and it'll have to be Dejan Lovren. Uh, the full-backs obviously won't change either, in my opinion. I mean, there is the talk, isn't he, that Milner's back now, so maybe he'll play right-back and you know, Fabinho will play in the midfield area, but I, I don't think so. I think Trent Alexander-Arnold will keep his position at right-back, and of course we've got the Jorisel Bunny, haven't we, at left-back, Robertson, who's, who's probably the best left-back in, in the Premier League, isn't he? He's been fantastic this season. Um, the midfield area, as we've always spoken about, it's very difficult to second-guess the team selection in that area of the, of the pitch because, you know, it, it's obviously going to be the front three, isn't it, of, of Mane one side, Salah the other side, and Firmino up top. It's the three in the middle of the park. That's the one. That's the dilemma, really. And to me, I think out of everyone, Wijnaldum is the first name on the team sheet in the middle of the park because he's had a fantastic season. And, you know, I said before, didn't I, about Fernandinho was the glue that sticks Man City's midfield together. Well, I think this season, Wijnaldum's been the glue for Liverpool in the middle of the park. So I think he's one of the first names on the team sheet, certainly in the middle. And then it's a toss-up then, isn't it? Who do you go with? And, I just think with Milner being back, you know, the big game experience and obviously he used to play for Man City as well. I know he's been out since the Wolves game, but I do think he'll probably come back into the side and, and I do think Jordan Henderson will start the game as well because, you know, he was on the bench, wasn't he, against Arsenal. So I just think that that's its game management with someone like Henderson. It's very rare that he plays two games in a week, but, you know, he came on for half an hour, didn't he, against Arsenal. So I think that's ample time for him to, to suggest that he will start this game at the Etihad. So that would then probably mean you know, Fabinho missing out. And I do think it's a tough call, though. I mean, I think I think Wijnaldum Henderson will be definite starters and then it is a toss-up literally between Milner and Fabinho. And Fabinho's played really well the past like month or so, hasn't he, really? Thought he played well against Bournemouth away. He was good against Manchester United. He was my man of the match and thought he's done OK as well against Arsenal. A little bit sloppy in possession at times, similar to the Wolves game away from home in the first half as well. But I do think he's had a, a quite a good month. He's settled quite well now. But I also look back to that game when we played Arsenal at the Emirates in November time. And he had a horrendous evening, didn't he, in a big game away from home against the top side who like to keep the ball. And I just think maybe that'll be a factor in the team selection. And on that basis, I'd probably go with Milner. Just starting ahead of him if he's if he's returned to full fitness now. And he did train, didn't he, tonight? So that would suggest that he will be available for, to, for selection. And I do think that's who Klopp will go with because he's tended to go with that midfield trio in the bigger games. And I know it's not ideal. I know we've come unstuck a few times playing that that trio, especially in in the European games. Anyway, but that's what I was going to say to you. Yeah, that that's yeah. the 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 three that. 
that Liverpool fans are not so much dreading, but um, the thinking is we've played these three together and we've not had much luck with them, have we? Yeah, that's true, and I agree with that. But I just think, I mean, who are we to second guess Jurgen Klopp and to go against his decision making? If that's mm. what he feels is, is the right choice to make for, the, for such a big game and an important game, he trusts them, doesn't he? More than he trusts maybe like a Cater or a Shakiri or even even possibly a Fabinho in these type of games. The magnitude of how important these type of games are. So mm. you know, it's Klopp's decision at the end of the day, and. And I do think if Milner is back to, back up to speed now and he trained today, then I don't see any reason why he wouldn't start the game. But I do think, you know, it, it certainly is a toss-up between him and Fabinho, who gets the nod to play in the midfield. But I can definitely see why now and Henderson starting the game. Yeah, like you say as well, he, he he could change it tactically. He's not played the the diamond in midfield. Yeah, he could have Fabinho at the top of that behind Salah and Mane. Um, you could use the one where he played um, 4-2-2-2. Uh, at West Ham last season, so there's a couple more more options that he that he can uh, utilise. So be really interesting to see which uh, formation and which players he goes with on uh, on Thursday evening. So Joe, similar one for you. Um, how do you see Pep Guardiola lining up for this one, personnel wise and um, tactically? What formations he going to use? Also, gives an update on the, the squad situation with um, with the injuries that City have uh, had in the previous couple of games. Please, Joe. Well, I think we'll we'll stick with our normal sort of four three three formation. Um, uh, Kyle Walker's been out of a couple of games lately, not through injury, just because his form's been a bit lacking. And Danilo had a very good game on um, against Southampton, so I'm hoping he played. Although, of course, we haven't got. We haven't got a natural left-back because Mendy's out injured and um, Delfts are still suspended because he got sent off at Leicester. Zinchenko really struggled the other day and you don't want to play him up against Salah. So I think what's quite likely is we'll play a back four of Walker, um, Laporte, John Stones and Danilo. Uh, The midfield has to be... um, Fernandinho has to play. David Silva has to play and... um, De Bruyne had a knock against uh, against Southampton, but if he's fit, you've got to start him. If not, Bernardo Silva is obviously a very competent replacement. And then going forward, um, Sterling, Sane, and Aguero, because obviously Sterling and Aguero this season have been magnificent for us, and when and they've been working really well together because um, they both managed to change their games and adapt their styles to work well with each other. And when one of them's out the side, the other one, I think, suffers as a result. So I'm hoping, yeah, just more or less the same of what we've been doing, but give Danilo another go at left back because I'm not, I'm not confident with Zinchenko playing up against Salah. Yeah, just, uh, yeah. I was just saying, is that the sort of, um, lineup that you'd pick with Zinchenko? Obviously didn't have the best game the other day and, um, Danilo coming in. Is he, is he going to be a right footed player? Playing in the left back position, I think so. Yeah, I think I mean I, it's not ideal, and I don't think he is that good as a left back. But it's just the best with what we've got at the minute. Obviously, if Mendy was fit or if Delph was available, I'm sure it'd be one of them. But for now, we've got to make the best of a bad situation, I guess. Uh, in terms of the rest of the squad, though, it's exactly who I'd want to play for pretty much every game, never mind this one. So yeah, apart from that, I'm pretty happy with that, and we've just got to. We've got to do what we did at Anfield, really, in terms of tactics. Um, 
not let you run over, run us all over. Like I don't know if you will so much at our place because it's what you've always done to us at Anfield is taken a very strong start. We've got to make. I'd happily go in at half time at nil nil. It's just we need to gradually take the game to you because that's what we did at Anfield and barring a missed penalty we should have won that game and, and not just that I think generally I thought we probably deserved to win that game at Anfield this season so and we adapted our tactics last season we threw caution to the wind and you battered us certainly twice last season cheers Joe thank you very much right okay then um, Jay gonna head back over to yourself now uh, just looking at this, the uh, the importance of this game in a sense, for the rest of the season, really. Obviously, we're now seven points clear. If we can get a win and go ten points clear, it's going to be um, very hard for City or any other team to catch us. But um, in your opinion, how do you see the scenario playing out with Manchester City? I know we spoke about it earlier, but do you see City starting to, if they do lose the game, put a little bit of focus on the Champions League and um, have one eye elsewhere? How do you see this working out for Manchester City? Well, I, I mean, I don't know. It's it's difficult to say until the game's played because, I mean, obviously if City do win the game, they'd only be four points behind us. But as I said before, that there's massive pressure on City in this game because they have to win. There's, there's no two ways about it. A draw's not good enough for them. A seven-point gap is, is good enough for us. I mean, you know, a, a draw for us on Thursday night would be a very good result. If Liverpool do win the game, which I think is very possible because of the way City play. Um, I just think it, it could shoot Liverpool. The game could shoot Liverpool. It really could because they know they have to win the game. There's no two ways about it. They cannot afford to not win this game. So Liverpool will be mindful of that. And, you know, I do think the game plan that Liverpool have will be all set up around that, that mentality, really, if you like. But in terms of like going forward, there's still going to be 17 games left. So I think it's far too early to really say that you throw all their eggs in one basket and go for the Champions League. I think you'd probably be looking at maybe another eight, seven or eight games down the line where they might have that mentality if the gap's still seven points or what have you because, you know, make no no bones about it. I think Guardiola certainly does want to win the Champions League. I mean, he, he came with that blueprints, if you like, that that's what he wanted to do. So I do think that, you know, it may well be the case further into the season but at this moment in time, we're still only in January. It's far too early, isn't it? I know I said before that, you know, if Liverpool win the game and go 10 points clear, then, you know, the chances are really, you know, you don't want to tempt fate. You don't want to get too carried away because, you know, Liverpool have been burned so many times in the past. We, we all know, I mean, going into the Champions League final in May, we, we were all convinced mm. we were going to win that and we, and we didn't. You know, we've been here before in a title race where we were five points clear with three games to go and blew it. So you don't want to get carried away. You don't want to tempt fate. But this team now, this squad, this group of players is far better equipped now to win the Premier League title, you would imagine. So the way I look at it is if Liverpool can win this game on Thursday, then that's a massive statement going forward and that would be the sign of champions. But we can't get ahead of ourselves. We've got to keep our feet on the ground because no matter what, you know, there's still going to be 17 games left. And anything can happen. You know, the Premier League, as we know, as we've seen with City recently, losing away to Leicester, losing the home to Crystal Palace, freak results happen all the time when you least expect it. I mean, you only have to look at Tottenham losing their own 3-1 against Wolves as well. So, you know, I don't think you can count your chickens and get carried away. But, you know, you're right in what you're saying further, in, further down the line, maybe when you get to 
maybe the middle of March, time end of March, and there's say what seven or eight Premier League games left, and if they're still in the Champions League and there's a seven point gap, then if there's a seven point gap or something, then maybe the mentality would change a little bit, and they will try and concentrate more on on the Champions League, but. You know, I think there's a lot of football to be played between now and then, though. Most definitely. Cheers, Jay. <clears throat> right then, um, lads, what we're going to do before we uh, go on to the to the music part of the show, we're going to get a get a score prediction from uh, from you two guys. Joe, with being the the home side on on Thursday evening, I'm going to come to you first and ask you for a for a score prediction. I know you're not too keen on doing these from uh, from previous podcasts with us, but go on, Gio, give us your uh, thoughts on that, please. I think we're going to win 1 0 Mara's penalty. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, seriously, I think, I think it'll be. Uh, I think we'll win 2 1. That's an interesting thought, that, Joe. That's one player that you didn't actually mention, isn't it, Riyad Mahrez, who, who, um He's not the first name. He played in the game at Anfield, yeah. So he's, he's likely to be a substitute, yeah. Genuinely, I can see him. Getting the winner, this like probably off the bench, but like it is as his redeeming because that would finally be his redeeming moment. I think we are going to win just about just because of how much we need to, but I don't think you'll make it easy for us at all. And I, it certainly wouldn't surprise me if we don't if you beat us as well. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if you beat us comfortably as well. But I just think we got that big win on Saturday. It was a huge boost to the team. Players are coming back. Um, I think we're as well equipped as we as we could be given the circumstances, and yeah, I think we just about do it. Cheers, Joe. Okay, then Jay, over to uh, you for your thoughts on the the pred- um, prediction. Sorry for Thursday evening. Yeah, I mean, I said before, didn't I? Liverpool this season we've only conceded eight goals, haven't we, in the Premier League in twenty matches, which is quite remarkable, really. Not a single game this season have we conceded like two goals in a game. But I do think that could change on Thursday at the Etihad. I think, um, you know, I do think City will put us under a lot of pressure, but it could suit Liverpool. So obviously when these two teams meet, and we said on the previous podcast when we met at Anfield, these type of games always produce goals. It ended up being a nil-nil draw quite remarkably. They cancelled each other out, really. They showed each other far too much respect. And maybe Man City probably did edge it in terms of, you know, obviously possession and, and chances created. And he obviously had that fantastic penalty at the end. You know, Mahrez should have scored it over the bar and we were all made up, weren't we? But really, that was the biggest chance, wasn't it? And they should really have won the game. So I, I do think, um, you know, it was a strange game because we were all expecting loads of attack and football and loads of chances and loads of goals. It just never never turned out that way. I do think this time around it'll be a little bit different, though, because Man City really have to win the game. As I said before, all the pressure's on them. A draw's not good enough for them. They have to win. They have to open up a little bit and go for it. Now, I'm not expecting them to be going cold the way they were in the Champions League game because they were 3-0 down and they had to score a lot of goals to get back into that game. Any win will do this time around, but I do think they will have to commit and they will have to go for it. And that should really shoot Liverpool because we all know how good Liverpool are on the counter-attack and the players that we've got were quite clinical at times, aren't we? So... I do think there'll be goals, but I think it'll be... I'm going to err on the side of caution because I, I know I speak to a lot of Liverpool fans about this game and everyone's saying, oh, I think you know Liverpool are going to do it, we're going to beat them and like basically they've gone on this and that and Liverpool's tails are up and we're on a roll. I take that on board, but I just think the circumstances of the game, a draw shoots Liverpool, it really does, and I think that's what we'll get, so I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw. 2-2 for you, Jay. 
Okay, yeah. Um, my thoughts on the on the game on Thursday night, like you have both said, I think it's going to be a, a pretty pretty even contest. I just think with, I think both defenses, Liverpool this season, like Jay said, have conceded eight goals and now got Allison in between the sticks, who's just done unbelievably well and has made such a difference to our to our back line. Just with his saves, but with his distribution and his and his co- coordination and cooperation with the with the other players in the defence. So I just think that Liverpool's defence is stronger than the Manchester City's. I, th- I don't think there's much between the strikers Aguero and Salah. You can put them up against each other. There's arguments for both Mane and and uh, um, Raheem Sterling again. You, there's an argument for both of which player you'd have on your side. And then you've got um, Leroy Sane or, or Roberto Firmino, who are both probably a um, little bit different types of players. Both played in, in Germany and a lot of experience over there coming in with managers now who've both played in Germany as well. Uh, both managed in Germany, sorry. So um, there's not a lot to pick between between the strikers. It's uh, And also the midfield area now with... With Fernandinho coming back in silver and um, whoever it is playing there, you'll have Wijnaldum who's on top form, Henderson who's played um, pretty well in his past few appearances, and, and a, an experienced James Milner um, in these fixtures. So I just think when it comes to to the overall scenario of the game, with Liverpool having the the stronger defence. I'm going to go with a one-nil Liverpool victory. I just think it's going to be very, very tight. I don't think it's going to be as open as many thing uh, many people envisage, and um, I think we could sneak this by by the the odd goal. So my prediction for this one is going to be a one-nil victory for Liverpool. So right, just before we go, lads, uh, I'm going to read out uh, the the band that's going to be. Um, played on the podcast this week. They go by the name of The Loft. They are based in, in Liverpool. and they can, You can catch them on Facebook, um, The Loft 1978, and also you can catch them on SoundCloud. And the song that I'm going to play for you tonight is called The Queen of Conversation.
song was called The Queen of Conversation by Liverpool-based band The Loft. So thanks very much to Joe and thanks very much, Jay, once again for your time on the, the Cop Table preview this week, lads. Pleasure. Cheers, lads. Enjoy the game. Yep, best of luck. Cheers, lads. So that's the Cop Table preview of the Manchester City versus Liverpool game all done. Thanks very much for at Liverpool online, Facebook and Twitter page for their, their continued support of our, our podcast this season. And don't forget to um, keep up to date with the, the No More Knives campaign with Paul Bentley and uh, Lee Butler, where there's lots of stuff going on um, with the lads over there. So that's the Cop Table podcast all done for our Manchester City Liverpool preview. We'll be back with our, our next preview of the Premier League, which I think is our Brighton Hove Albion away. So speak to you all very soon and uh, thanks for listening. Goodbye. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.